Hello and welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast where my friends and I have a conversation over geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. We're not experts or an educational podcast. We're just a group of friends who like talking about sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and superhero movies. And we're back. We took a week off on accident because uh, Matt had some stuff going on, so he had to take care of. And we're doing Pacific Rim because the sequel is coming out today, actually. It's Friday, I just now realized. And this will be going up two days after the release of Pacific Rim Uprising. So, some of you might have seen it before listening to this podcast, and then you can get all pumped up to hear us talk about it, because that's going to come out next week. So, firstly, there are major spoilers on this episode for Pacific Rim, as well as minor spoilers for Die Hard, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, The Toxic Avenger, and the Pacific Rim Uprising trailer. That should be all. Um, Real quick, at the end of this podcast, if you're like, man, I've never heard this podcast before, because, I mean, I know probably most of you are returning listeners, but uh, if you come back, you're like, man, this was so good, or eh, it was okay, go leave us a review about it on iTunes and subscribe to their or your podcast app, um, if that's how you get your podcasts, and go to our Patreon if you liked us so much, and throw us some dough so we can pay for our website and stuff. Anyway, that is all I have to say to you guys. Let's go join myself, Everett, Matt, and Trent for Pacific Rim. Enjoy the conversation. Isle of Dogs comes out this weekend? Yeah. I thought it was next weekend. Uh, from what I saw in Rotten Tomatoes, it's this weekend. Really? Yeah. That might be a limited release, though. Maybe. Maybe. You might be right. I thought it came out this summer. It comes out... I saw it March 23rd on Rotten Tomatoes, but yeah, that might be limited release. I'm looking it up. There it is. Same. March 23rd. Yeah. Wide. How about that? <laughs> so yeah, that's fucking right. There's a lot of great movies launching this weekend, and that's only two of them. I, there were others that I was interested in too that I, I'm forgetting. <laughs> that changes. Fifteen hours ago, it says Fox cancels Isle of Dogs wide release will only open film on 27 screens. What? Is that true? I don't know. Hold on, I'm looking. Nabs China release. Yeah, no, I see this. Box Office Mojo is reporting that Fox has officially canceled the film's wide release and will instead be releasing the quirky comedy on only 27 screens nationwide. The reasons for the decision are unknown. The Dogs was always going to be a tough sell as mainstream entertainment with a PG-13 rating and unusual concept. The good <laughs> news is that the movie has been scoring well with critics so far. So it's possible it will see a theatrical expansion later. It's It's... It's hitting. I know it's hitting circle. The searchlight putting it out, because they did that with uh, Shape Shape of Water Water too, where Mm -hmm. they like slowly released it more and more. It it went wide into last year. It it hit over seven hundred last year, but still, it didn't reach Kyle until late January. Oh really? uh, Another movie that's launching on Friday is called I Kill Giants. I have never heard of this before, but the poster looks cool. (laughs) Have you heard of it? It's based on an anime. Is it? It looks like anime, and that's why I'm interested. Yeah. I've never heard of it. I thought it was a cool name. Everybody else was complaining about the name oh, on really? Facebook. It just it, the concept of anime one, as hell. So I'm like, I'm interested in this. One thing that I saw. 
I think it might even be named, or it was either an anime or a manga. I'm not sure. Manga sounds more likely, just because it's more obscure. That's interesting, though. It says it's from the it's producers because of Harry it's politics. Potter. It's the political nature of it that's causing it to get a cancellation. Oh, I Love Dogs? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Odd. Is it a political movie? Yeah, apparently, it's got a lot of political undertones, which, I mean, if you watch the trailer, I can gather that. I can see some of that. Comics. Oh, it's not a manga, because it's Joe Kelly wrote it. So it's a graphic novel? I mean, I guess it's probably based on it looks japanese-esque but it was released on image yeah if anything it's at least image. inspired by joe kelly you know, battle manga and stuff like that and so it just looks like something i'd like to see and it has 100 percent rotten tomatoes Ooh, and right now so. saldana's in it you know I love oh, her. Yeah. yeah this is one fat weekend uh it's disappointing to hear that isle of dogs is getting pushed so everett i want to hear about what you've watched yeah um <laughs> We were supposed to have Brandon here, but I guess he he's not getting texts, and he must have forgotten. Much like Trent, because Trent yeah. Was late. Well, see, it's funny. It's not like I had forgotten it was going to be gay uh, today, but um, be gay. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I was literally planning my whole day. I was like, I am po- I'm podcasting at seven p.m. But I, I just like gotten comfortable on my couch and just started like kind of relaxing, and then totally forgotten to like get my shoes on and leave. Like I just totally had turned my brain off and got. Is that what spring happens break with you, mode. Matt? When you're usually late. You just start chilling. relaxing. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I wish that was the case. Normally, I'm driving like a maniac down the highway, like, like fucking Penguin and Batman Returns. Like, old lady, look out. Like, I'm going to run you all down because I'm trying to get to here from God knows where. Or... I'm, just, I'm too lax. That's all. Yeah, no, we were supposed to re- release this this past Sunday but we all got busy and stuff happening so we're pushing it back a week and which means I have more movies to talk about more movies I had a good I had a good week of movie watching I'm ready to hear about it cuz I did not I'm jealous and I did not so last Tuesday that was weird there's a random <laughs> noise that like, it's my like a cat's moving around back there uh Last Tuesday, I sat down. I've said many times on this podcast, I didn't get to watch a lot of movies when I was a kid because I shared a TV with three siblings, two parents, and uh, parents were pretty held back on some of the movies we could watch. So, got around to watching Die Hard. Mm. Starring Bruce Willis. The best Christmas movie? That's no, what they all say. No. That's what they all say. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say it's the best Christmas movie at all, but I will say I loved this movie. I like the the one thing that I remember about it that, uh, that always sticks with me is uh, ho, or is like now I've got a machine gun. Ho ho ho, ho ho ho! Like that's the only thing that I I don't know. Like I I feel like it's a mostly forgettable film. Um, apart from that, I just I don't know. I never got it. Um, but I will tell you that I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but I feel like the third one is the best one. Hmm. See, I was uh, I was thinking, it was just such a like good. It was an actually good action movie, and the sequels makes it seem like it's ridiculous. Like, because the first the first one it only gets ridiculous at the very end. (laughs) The most most of the time, I'm like, okay, this is actually believable. I'm actually believing this guy is actually doing this. Do you have the? Did you buy these or? No, I watched them on HBO. Do they have? Did you watch all of them? No. Okay. Well, this the next two are on HBO for sure. Two 
two is beat for beat just like one it's like they they didn't know quite what they were going to do with it sam raimi at one point was going to direct it Mm -hmm. um yeah and but three changes up the formula and three i think three is really entertaining and i remember a lot about three Hmm. um and then they did four and five and four is four has kevin smith and that's the highlight and five i can't tell you anything about it okay well I, maybe i'll get into it maybe not because uh this spiraled me into just a week of action because i was into it i was ready to just watch <laughs> things explode and mm. watch people get shot so the mm. next night uh trent and i finally introduced our good friend friend of the show long time uh, yes cast member who hasn't been on since and December. Brother. Uh Seth. We Good introduced Seth. him and we brother, introduced yes. him to Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah. How was that? He uh, loved it. We had a lot of fun. Like it it we didn't probably the mood ever probably would have wondered was like a serious watch party, but it ended up being like me and Seth crack some jokes as we're watching it because like we're yeah. we, that just as siblings we do that. I, we I, took the we took the film seriously, like he took it seriously, but at the same time we we were I think we were I took it pretty well because I didn't punch either of you guys. Right. So I was like, I was worried I'd Did you piss you off. But <laughs> we were definitely making some jokes. I was shaking a little. But I mean, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a silly movie anyway. Like it's awesome, but what? It has, no, no, it has, no. What the fuck no. are you talking about? I'm just spit. <laughs> Trying to be funny. There are things to laugh at. It's room. awesome, and I love it. But it's it's fun to you know have a entertaining you know watch, a watching party. Uh, so I think I think that probably even helped him enjoy it. And just as like a fun movie watching experience, but I think he is interested in the uh, the sequel, the narrative, and the sequel definitely. Like I, I was telling him, I was like, okay, so the first movie, you know, was definitely like an entertaining flick, really well paced, like very intriguing atmosphere. The sequel definitely expect more of like a serious, artful, you know, mystery. Like yeah, and I'm gonna talk throughout it. Oh yeah, and not I just it's like it's not gonna be one. You can't you can't commentate. It's that revenge, <laughs> Trent. It's revenge. it's revenge. Oh, so you're going to? Yeah, he's you're going to make going jokes to. about the whole thing. I'm I don't like, know. I feel yeah. like they're. I feel like the tone. And is that equal was like on one of my favorite movies last year. Yeah, I, yeah, feel like, I, I thought yeah. the tone was. It was almost linear. Yeah. It just doesn't really change. Yeah, I'm which sure. I like. Yeah, like. Yeah, we. I don't think that's the quite the movie you would want to you know make weird jokey comments about because it just doesn't have as many. Well, silly it's gonna happen. It. Yeah, we're get ready to it. for it. Uh, I also. So I'm moving on with my my week of action. Uh, Tuesday ni- or Thursday night, I wanted to sit down and watch the classic James Cameron film, The Terminator, because it's one of those movies that was always on TV, and I don't think I'd ever seen the whole thing. Both both the first two, I knew I'd never seen all of them. So I sat down, watched The Terminator, got to the end, and was like, I've never seen a single frame of this movie before. <laughs> I couldn't believe it because there was this one scene specifically that I was remembering thinking, where was that scene by the end of the movie? It never came. I don't know what movie it was from. What uh, was the scene? Another daytime action movie from TV, I guess. And then I watched, oh, by the way, I loved it. It was a what great. What was the scene that you remembered? It's like a warehouse or a truck shop type place out in the middle of nowhere kind of abandoned deserty area and it gets blown up in a fiery explosion or something maybe it's from robocop i was gonna say that's robocop is it i think that's robocop because he goes in and takes down this huge fucking drug uh warehouse Mm -hmm. and that's like the one of the 
big action scenes of that movie. Okay, and by maybe the end that's of it, the entire I'm... place is in flames. Remembering, because that's another one of those. These we'd always like just on the weekends we'd just have the TV rolling, and you know they have those daytime movies that are cut down mm-hmm. <laughs> and split mm-hmm. by commercials, and so often they were action movies. So those were just on. And everybody, he's going to get onto his next one, but I want you to write in. I want you to phone in. I don't I don't care. Send Carrier Pigeon and tell Everett we need to cover Terminator 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, the entire franchise, <laughs> and uh, RoboCop 2, because, like, as well. Like, RoboCop would be awesome to pair with that. Oh, man. Like, I love me some fucking machines and time travel. Hey, there's a there's a Patreon tier that they can do that. They can go put in the... Re- do it! They can like, say, Retro do action the Terminators, movie and we have marathon. to do it. I don't remember mm. what level that is, but... I'll just I'll I'll just send I'll send the money to random people be like you do this now. <laughs> um <laughs> so I watched it. I loved it. It was definitely the darkest James Cameron movie I've seen. Oh, you've never seen Piranha 2? What? <laughs> that was his first movie was Piranha 2. Oh. Okay. The deadly spawning and it's got killer piranhas that fly. Swear to God. Maybe I'll catch that one someday. <laughs> I don't know. It is terrible. Yeah, but I liked it. Uh, then I moved on. So I also watched the second one last night. Matt came over and watched the last 30 minutes with me. I and, did. Uh, Matt's, Matt's been really <laughs> oh, busy. Those plans don't you got your own <laughs> podcast to take care of. So got to the end of this movie kind of expecting this, but I'd only seen like the last... 20 minutes of the movie now were you waiting for the warehouse scene in the second one i was kind of waiting (laughs) because i was like it never showed up in the first one it must be in this one maybe it's in the third one (laughs) (laughs) so uh this one i was talking to trent about these movies or maybe it was seth the other night some gleason uh yeah one of those gleason brothers about james cameron's movies and how i think i think i was saying aliens is probably my favorite Mm. I think Terminator 2 might be might be better, like yeah. higher on the list than Aliens for me. Which is interesting because like his sequels are often better than his originals. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for Titanic 2. <laughs> what about Avatar 2? Yeah, now they're working hard we'll on see. that. Uh, well, supposedly they start shooting this year. Hmm. I didn't hate the original though. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I I've never seen it, and it's one of the. It's like Get Out. Like the hype was so big, I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm never mm. gonna watch it." <laughs> I'd rather see The Abyss too, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, I loved both the. I mean, Terminator Two. I knew it was gonna be more lighthearted. I I pretty much knew the entire plot of both movies. And how about that score, man? Oh, like yeah, I was telling, I was lamenting about it last night. That score is so perfect. Oh, like. Yeah, the dum 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 dum. Oh, I get goosebumps mm-hmm, thinking mm-hmm, about it. Mm-hmm. Let me just give you some mouth. Can you noise. do that again? That tempo sounds like the the battlefield soundtrack. Oh, does the battlefield it? like the game series? Listeners have no idea what you're talking no? about because this on, is a movie podcast. Battlefield has an iconic uh, musical score. They don't. They don't know what you're talking about. They only know movies, Trent. That's <laughs> <laughs> really. Uh, and then uh, the this Friday night, uh, Brandon, who was supposed to be on this podcast and he didn't show up, w- uh, came over nice. and uh, really? watched John Wick two with Chapter two with me because he had never seen it. I've never seen the first, but either of those. 
No, wait. I saw the first one. I watched the first one because I was like, that's right. You kill my fucking animal. I, I'm coming for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard a joke about John Wick's dog recently. So. Oh, the Thanos one or the Infinity Stone one or whatever. Potentially. I yeah. I saw that. Um, and how, what did he think about it? He liked it. He loved it. I, I And totally holds up the second time. I think Does it's it? better than the first one. I need it's, to see it. It's so... And you have to watch both of these movies with like a great theater setting, like surround sound, perfect picture, because it's just, it's so well choreographed and it needs to be viewed in the theaters. Mm. Does your um, theater room rival a theater setup? Fuck yes, it does. I think it Thank does. you, Matt. <laughs> well, I've worked hard on it. Mm. Watching when we did Alien and like you had it all set up and like there was a big, massive fucking PA speaker behind me. <laughs> and like I was just like, like I closed my eyes and just listened to the sound design. And I was like, this is how it's supposed to be. Like I just have a sound bar. I wish I had what you have. Mm. But my room where I have my TV, TV is great. Soundbar is all right, but like I can't do speakers like you can because the room is like a rectangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it makes it complicated. But man, I love, I fucking love watching. That's why I'm like, anytime you want to, you know, you want to watch movies <laughs> for the podcast, I often try to come over here because it's like I'm going to have a better experience. Mm. But um, so you watched more? Yeah. I watched more than action movies, you guys. I'm not just an action guy. You're not just an action guy? No, I also. He's not keep just keep an moving guy. on. We were just talking about Isle of Dogs before the podcast. Uh, I keep moving on on my Wes Anderson road of movies I haven't mm. seen yet. So oh I got around to the Royal Tenenbaums. What'd you think about that? I liked it a lot. It was definitely also close to Life Aquatic because it's much sadder than his other movies. It is. Yeah, it is sadder. It's like really dark in certain spots. Um. I liked it more than Life Aquatic. I did too, simply because Life Aquatic is just sadness the whole movie, pretty much. Is it like enjoyable sadness or just pure like melancholy? Like it's it not depends even on if you're into that. Like, is it like a wet blanket? I feel, or? Like, I feel like fucking Life Aquatic is way overrated and not that very good of a movie. I watched it, and at the end of it, I was kind of like, I watch a bunch of bad movies. I think it's trend. his lowest rated movie. I watch. I watch a bunch of bad movies. But I felt like this was a genuinely bad movie. Well, but you like bad movies that are like fun for being bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that sounds like a wholly different experience than no. something that just like makes you hate yourself. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's some memories for you. I just, I can't imagine a Wes Anderson movie being not silly. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's the somber tone and like everybody, it's like, it feels very mean spirited and like, I am not a fan of mean spirited films. Mm. Well, you watch more, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only other movie I watched was I took uh, someone from the younger generation to see a classic in the theaters this this past weekend for the 60th anniversary of Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. That younger man is me. The younger man is right here in the room. Indeed. Trent Gleason. And I had only... I. I I grew up in high school loving James Stewart. He was like my favorite actor at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I liked watching anything he was in. And I only watched this movie once about ninth grade. And so going through the movie again in theaters was incredible to actually see. And it's been long enough that I forgot a good amount of the plot, including the ending. And uh, so it was an awesome experience. And Trent you hadn't 
seen it. I had not seen it. So did you love this movie? I loved it. <laughs> See, I um I actually had a um I'm currently in college uh and last semester I had a film class. So I had become accustomed to watching those types of movies. So I went into this uh with some experience with classic movies, so I was able to fully appreciate it. Whereas before having taken that class, I feel like I would have watched it and not really jived with it maybe um but i really enjoyed uh i really enjoyed the classic style of movie making and i'd like to watch more especially i i'm definitely growing fond of uh james stewart Stewart. yes uh the only other movie i've seen with him is uh it's a wonderful life but both of those are charming performances uh both in vertigo and in that movie so um and hearing that he's in more hitchcock films means that i need to go watch those mm. movies <laughs> i actually my film class had shown uh the man who knew too much but i was lazy that day and didn't show up to class and <laughs> never made up uh watching the film so yeah. that was it that was a mistake my friend had told me it was boring but i probably shouldn't have taken his advice oh man i love that one yeah I'm sure I, I once wrong. again i'm a Stuart fan, well, so i maybe i was i was thinking about like how, par- how he had said that and kind of keeping that in the back of my mind while i'm watching this and i'm like it's probably a similar style of movie making it's just like very slow like setting up the mystery and for me i love that so like mm-hmm. if that's hitchcockian and something you would expect from other movies then by all means i'd like to experience more so hmm. Everett, was there anything else you watched this week or these past two weeks <laughs> nope what about you last night uh my sister was bothering me saying she wanted to watch a studio ghibli movie we do that all the time uh mm-hmm. we love studio ghibli and so she was saying i want to watch the isao takahata movie only yesterday a bit obscure, not a Miyazaki movie. So we sat down and watched it, and it was wonderful, as always. I've seen it about three times, but it's definitely a movie that if you're into, you know, artful anime or animation in general, it's something to look at. Okay. Uh, I could go more in depth about what it is, but I don't know if that's necessary. <laughs> How, tell me what, what's the, to- what's the, uh, so like Princess Mononoke is about environmental awareness. What is this one? Well, um, Miyazaki's with his films is more focused on, you know, like the, the relationship between man and nature. Yes. Isao Takahata, who is Miyazaki's elder and kind of rival in a way, um, is more focused on human life. So a lot of his movies had to do with just like the lives of people and relationships, family, and such. So this movie is about a 27 year old woman who is unmarried and working an office job and kind of looking back on like her past (sighs) in a a fond and nostalgic way. (laughs) because <laughs> you were gonna watch it. <laughs> so the movie is basically you have half the movie is the, the current period of time as she's 27 and like going on a vacation to like a farm to like kind of go out of her circle and try something risky and new but then also interspersed with like short stories of when she's in like fifth grade so like her like com- remembering okay things. so right. it's like it's a it's a two-hour movie. It feels longer than two hours, but it's very entertaining. It's very slow-paced, but okay. I think it's wonderful. Like it, it covers a lot of ground because there's short stories within one overarching story. So it's a very different kind of movie, but it's definitely worth a watch. I think if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, I you know I don't know if you guys ever want to do it. Um, I'd be curious. I I want to sit down. I still haven't seen the new Ghost in the Shell. Oh, but I want to sit down and watch. The, I want to watch the original, mm. and that one back to back. Yeah, I own the double feature night. I own the Blu-ray we for the fucking, Ghost in the Shell. We could do a commentary, and you could tell how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, I the, the live action one. I don't know if I want to watch it again. Really, you didn't, you didn't like it at all? 
I thought it was fine. It's just not a movie I'd want to rewatch. Right. Yeah, I get that. I'm see, just curious. This well, spectacle. see, you're not wrong because I actually I bought the Blu-ray for the live action one just like to have it, and I tried watching, and I got ten minutes into it, and I'm like, that's just, I'm just not feeling like watching this right now. Mm. Like if if it were in those circumstances, I think it'd, it'd be just fine, especially like the back-to-back type I of like thing. To, yeah, I like. To but there's something about. I'd been watching Blade Runner a lot recently, and then watching Blade Runner and watching that movie, like the special effects, just they're they're, they're so pale, different. They pale in they're so different, yeah. like the way they're executed. Like, like um, live action Ghost in the Shell is more like popcorn spectacle, almost like a TV special effects. Oh, it's mm-hmm. kind of cheesy. Like how, how it's so yeah, in your yeah, face. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, be more obscure in the background. Like, don't like focus on it too much. We don't need the 3D shit going right. on. Right, like, they're, they're doing the 3D Jaws. shit. Like the the um, the city filming is like the camera is like flying through the city and i'm like no you're like you're ruining the immersion like hmm. this isn't like a realistic shot so like the blade runner stuff's more like wide pans or like slow slow and, yeah. and a lot of it especially in the old one is pretty practical it seems uh yeah it's all practical all practical wow that's impressive it's all model work right so yeah i mean it's it looks great and it still holds up pretty well. So speaking of breaking your immersion, did you notice? Do you notice? Have you ever? Do you notice? <laughs> do you notice? Second, not noticed. Did you notice the action figure in Terminator Two last night? Uh, when he. When uh, when the semi is on its side, and it slams into the side of the steel mill, and he goes flying. I couldn't actually tell. It looked convincing to me. Oh, that was an action figure. Because there's other parts, like, where the, the semi chase... I'm spoiling. By the way, after the movie was over, or actually not even halfway through the movie, I was like, okay, this is called T2 Judgment Day, right? Mm-hmm. But I think... Just a fine alternative title would be T2 Car Crash Day because there is, <laughs> I swear, a so hundred plus car crashes in there. Yeah. They, 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 that was the budget was car crashes. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I there was a the semi chase scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell a few times where there's just a dummy in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was fun. They dressed up a, a Ken uh, or no, it was a GI Joe, and hmm. They fucking had him. No, tum- yeah, I thought tumble. it was a real semi. semi. Yeah, which that for the semi in the first movie, I, I mean, was convinced was a real semi too. When, when he slam, it's all real until it slams into the uh, steel mill. Oh, okay. Because that's real, and there was a guy that was on it on its side, but they were able to oh, control okay. it. Yeah, I didn't notice the the. It was when it cuts and he. Oh, he flies, flies into off. the into yeah. the the railings. And yeah. Whatnot. If when he when it cuts to that like it's an action figure and gotcha I know I don't know I can never unnotice it once I learned that and like we were watching it like on your nice setup and I was like <laughs> there it is <laughs> but those special effects looks better like some of that shit look looks better amazing than, yeah than things we have today and they have not been retouched whatsoever and it's like holy shit mm. so. is there anything else before we move on. No, I mean I watched Beetlejuice, which is always a lot of fun, and I watched the Toxic Avenger. 
which the Toxic Avenger is a very mean spirited movie, but I. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the way Toxie goes around just knocking guys. Like, apart. heads right off, literally. Yeah. yeah. No, and like, uh, the, and I don't know what it is, but like, the transformation from Melvin to Toxic Avengers still turns my fucking stomach. <laughs> and like, I only, I only saw like that movie a couple times as a kid. Uh, my friend Eric liked it, and I watched it with him. Um, and it just, I don't know, but I, like I learned recently that actually parts two and three, which I'd seen two, I'd never seen three, um, were shot as one movie and they were initially meant to be part two, but they realized they had like a almost four hour movie on their hands. So they had to cut it in half and insert some sort of ending and beginning so I was like, okay, I'm going to refresh, watch the first one, and I'll sit down eventually soon and watch two and three back to back and see what happens. Hmm. Just to see if I can notice. Because as a kid, I don't remember ever noticing, but I also didn't really care all that much because I was like, meh. But you know, the Toxic Avenger got a fucking cartoon. Yeah, I did. That's weird. Why? Yeah, the Toxic Crusaders, they had toys. Oh, so you say you saw it as a kid. I can't imagine watching that movie as a kid. Yeah, no, I watched it, I think it was like nine. Wow. It explains a lot. Yeah, right? it does. <laughs> I've never <laughs> even heard of it. <laughs> really? No. Trauma films, man, they make some... Uh, Thanksgiving, tell you what I watched. Poultrygeist. Poultry the Geist, the night uh, of the chicken dead <laughs> chicken dead it, like i mean that is like one of the silliest dumbest films but it's uh i don't know like they have a they're terrible but they have a charm to them mm. and matt parker and trey stone or yeah is it or is it mace matt stone and trey parker yeah kind of, uh they got their start with trauma they did cannibal the musicals first thing they ever did oh yeah yeah mm. so yeah so y'all were talking about that CGI in the the Ghost in the Shell remake. Yes, we're talking about a heavily CGI movie today. Yes, we are. We are, and a movie that came out in 2013, which I never watched until this past week, hmm. because I hated the first Transformers movie when I saw it. <laughs> you thought this was Transformers? I didn't think this was Transformers, but giant robots. Mecha suits, technically, but giant robots destroying stuff. Seems Give me I, a break. I, I yeah. see a connection there, and uh, th- they keep spitting those things out. So uh, I felt like staying away from this was much like staying away from Transformers. And uh, this is a lot of heart. Which Transformers? I wish I would have uh, would have looked into this originally in the theater. Yep. I cool. had friends that were really into it. They said they saw it and they loved it, but for for whatever reason, I just was like, ah, I don't want to see a giant CGI You wrote fight. it off then. I kind of wrote it off. I don't even think I knew Guillermo was involved. I wasn't even a Guillermo fan anyway. I'd only seen parts of the Hellboy movies and right. Blade 2, and I... I, Which... I, I regret it, guys. <laughs> I, I admit it here. It was my, it was my own undoing. Now, does this feel like a del toro movie to you? it doesn't it's so strange because it's so yeah i guess because i've only seen the shape of water and the hellboys and blade 2 this movie feels more singular location whereas mm. the hellboy movies feel like yeah. worldwide yeah they're incredible journeys uh the shape of water is 
I feel like that's more like more like one location. It's it's one location, but it's what makes it so great is that the heart is mm-hmm. enormous in yeah. it. But this movie, it just feels kind of like a popcorn movie. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, and I agree with you there. I feel like it's a really Scott film. Oh, really? I feel like like I watch it and I see a lot of really Scott and James Cameron in it, which hmm. I know Del Toro like really has a great admiration for. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I I see I see a lot of that. Just like the talking about like his wide angles and like the way he shoots uh a lot of the dr- more dramatic pieces. Mhm. Yeah, it's I mean it definitely has heart. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's 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 good. It's it's a movie about togetherness. It's a movie about connecting. It's a movie about trust, trusting each other. Oh, because look at you, what you're doing. we are all inside <laughs> the same robot. We are inside the same robot. That is actually a quote from Guillermo del Toro. Is it? <laughs> yes, it is. I thought you were on pulling the, a mat. I was like, commentary. Yes. And that's the, this is the thing. I, I liked this movie. It was a fun popcorn film, but I don't know why uh, Guillermo del Toro, because he put way too much attention to detail as he does with all his films. Oh yeah, he's obsessed. He put way too much work into this movie for what it is. Um and I I appreciate him for that because it was it was cool, but like he's talking about I listened to the whole commentary, he's talking about like using certain colors to mean certain things yep. and all these different metaphors in throughout the movie cuz that's how you that's that's how you pronounce that word. <laughs> metaphors. Metaphors. Uh, that's, that's where the accent goes. Uh, uh, yeah. No. I. Um, I can see. I. I mean. I can see all that. I. He it's was so crazy. into this. Like he was going to be part one of three. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how much of a hand he really had in uprising because initially part two was going to come out two years later. Like they mm-hmm. talked to the studio and like, okay, like we'll do this and it'll have such and such character and all this stuff, but like Pacific Rim Uprising, like spoiler alert, picks up 10 years later and uh, I don't believe there are any returning characters. Except uh, for, there are a few, I think. Except for maybe uh, Charlie... Charlie Day's character. Yeah, I saw him in one. the trailer today. That's that's the only one the YouTube that trailer. I think returns. Mm-hmm. I'd hold my breath for that, but there definitely won't be a ton. I think there will be a few others. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, I waited so long for this movie uh, to the point where the new one was coming out. So I was like, okay, we should probably do a podcast over that, which means we should probably do a podcast over the first. And that means I have to see it. So I grabbed the Blu-ray and I, because I waited so long, the new trailer would come on YouTube and I couldn't skip over the first initial seconds because I didn't know what it was. So I'd play the first few seconds of John Boyega saying, talking about our Parents, parents tried yeah. to stop this or whatever there was that and there was another trailer when it started it had a picture of idris elba's character and just a picture so both of those clips gave me the idea he's dead so i knew that um which i mean that's explainable just because it was a radiation thing they talk about right yeah and so but either way go before seeing the movie I already had a little bit spoiled for me my own fault though um but i could see uh ron perlman coming back simply because him and guillermo are 
besties. And they work so much together, yeah, and they hang out like they're actual friends. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be in the sequel, unfortunately, from what I heard. Hmm. That's, okay, and that's really depressing. That <laughs> is because like it was fun to watch his character and uh, man, I forget Charlie's the kid name of Charlie's character, but their scenes were fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think the the <laughs> during that scene, if we're going to uh, get to Newt. that, Newt, yeah. um. Whenever Ron Perlman's character gets munched, uh, yeah. <laughs> me and Everett, or especially me, it was just an audible outcry. It was like, what? Because it came out of I nowhere. Jumped. Yeah, I, I was watching it again with the commentary the other day, and I I was watching because I knew it was coming, and it still like got me because yeah. it's uh, off frame. Mm-hmm. It's on a different frame, and then it switches cameras immediately the first frame of that camera switch he's getting eaten it's just really excellent and, so and it's, it's like out of nowhere it's excellent in that it's like it's terrifying but it's also just hilarious yeah <laughs> yeah and like, this movie has a lot of humor in it uh especially with the scientists which characters. is the one reason i probably actually enjoyed it is um it's incredibly self-aware mm-hmm. the transformers movies the i guess that's the difference between Guillermo and uh, Michael Bay uh-huh. is Michael Bay th- makes those Transformers movies and thinks he's making the next Godfather. Yeah, yeah, he tries. But Guillermo, he made this. He put a lot of work into it. Uh, sorry, a ton of work into it. A ton of attention to detail and a lot of heart. But he also knows how ridiculous the ending is, and he he just goes all. all he in. takes it all the way there by making the mecha robot carry a a tanker ship like a baseball bat. Mm. Did that ending remind you of Independence Day at all? Uh, Yeah, I can see that. No. No? I I can see it just because like the whole going to the other dimension setting up And even just the shot of like the little alien civilian like looking. Uh, (laughs) I can kind of see it. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) So that was funny. Yeah, but I, I, I liked it a lot. It's definitely not a movie I'd like want to watch a ton because it still is. It's not like CGI. It's like it's not bad CGI. It's just obvious. Yeah. I think he went in knowing there is no way he could make it realistic looking. So it feels like you're almost watching a cartoon. It does at times. and But I mean, I feel like it's good. Like it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this was made five five years ago. And this, I don't know, like it, to me, it didn't feel like it was outdated. Like we watched fucking Spider-Man and it was River Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the Transformers movies, like this movie looks better than the Transformers movie that came after it. Uh, a lot of those movies do not look quite right really i would figure that if anything the cgi would be good like the first i I don't know it's like there are some scenes in the second one that just don't the first one looks pretty good but the second one just is very questionable the third one looks all right fourth one's great because there's not so many robots and so so there's not so much and everybody also starts to look distinctive whereas in one through three they all kind of blend together Hmm, like during the action yeah Um, interesting well um i guess if i were to talk about what i took away from this um i already knew going in that guillermo del toro is a huge nerd because i know he's working with hideo kojima who is a uh very very famous uh video game director uh so i went in 
also knowing that he loves anime and the such, as do I. So yeah. I was really excited at the the idea of watching a live action, uh, essentially a live action, a anime. live action anime yeah. like mecha anime with him at the home. And I'm like, this is I'm have a feeling this is gonna be good. Yeah. Um, I hadn't heard a ton of people that talk about it before. Maybe just like here and there, like talking about liking it. Uh, but I really loved it mostly because the um. I really loved the action. It was very weighty, as you would expect from giant robots, but it felt precise. It never, it never felt like I had no idea what was going on. Like the the, the action is very good at like letting you know each move and what each move means in terms of the battle. Did you ever watch Neon Genesis Evangelion? I need to. It's just not available anywhere <laughs> in terms of like streaming, as far as I'm aware. This movie, there, yeah, this film's a lot. Reminds me a lot of those, and like that's one of the few animes that I would set with my friend Nick and. I would watch and like what's it called neon genesis Genesis evangelion yeah yeah that's a classic (laughs) um but it's another it's a story with a bunch of mechs and the pilots and Mm. that's the heart of it so i when i saw first saw this film i was like why like it's awesome it's cool and it's an original idea but when i don't know like i guess it's kind of the only way you could get an evangelion movie made and market it to like american audiences because you don't have so much history writing on it Mm. but i i mean i i don't know i liked it i felt like it was his take not only on the anime and manga kind of culture but also godzilla he loves godzilla and king kong mm. right uh, and it definitely like well yeah he was he 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 talks about in the behind the scenes how he's he grew up as a child watching both mecha animes uh-huh. and the kaiju movies and kaiju anime slam that slam like, those fucking toys together <laughs> exactly and he talks about that so much how this is that's why i wanted to have brandon here because he's a huge uh action figure guy and this movie is just a movie filled with toys it is <laughs> and neca neca put all the toys out they're fantastic and amazingly detailed yeah, he he actually says it, it. This is a quote from him. It's very fetishistic because it's a movie filled with toys. <laughs> it is in a way. Well, it's uh, uh, it gave me a huge nerd boner. That's all I'll say. <laughs> it was. I enjoyed it. Um, once again, it's it's just weird going into a huge blockbuster popcorn movie and seeing how like obvious the CGI is. Mm. It's 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 odd because normally they're trying to make it look as real as possible but here it's like we're not we're we're, not worried about it so much yeah we just want to there's the detail and also i mean like i felt like the way things were lit especially like the the pilot suits and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. the inside of the oh that practical set in the jaegers looked incredible but Mm. it doesn't look i don't know to me it looks very video gamey anime Uh like Mm. doesn't look quite like it should be real, but it is real. You right? Know? Yeah. It so feels, it blends well. Uh, they, you right. feel that a lot with the Hellboy movies too. Yeah. Like the sets, you you can I mean, tell just... those aren't real, but it feels. I don't know. It feels like you made it your own with your toys or something. Yeah. yeah. So um, I loved the action, but the the actions are the action scenes are actually pretty far from each other. There's a lot of. Uh, character work going on yeah i think there's um, only three major scenes aren't there there's yeah the i mean they're one. major indeed they're awesome but they're 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 all built up by the the smaller and more quieter scenes um and i kind of had an issue with the protagonist riley i thought he was a little boring uh honestly hmm. did, did you guys think that at all <laughs> no i didn't really think he was boring um it's charlie no, hunnam not really, really? just like because 
I've I thought he was fairly typical. If typical. that's what you mean, he was yeah. typical, and that that's kind of what I mean is that like you have the character of Mako. That that's correct, right? Mako. Yeah. Um, and she has a very interesting uh kind of type of character. Um, and I wasn't expecting the relationship between her and the uh <laughs> general guy. Uh, but with him, it kind of felt like he was just kind of the the like copy and paste like white action hero protagonist I, see i didn't think that at all and i couldn't really? figure it out i was trying to think he he is a archetypal character but it wasn't action hero is what it was saying to me there was something else and i realized it once uh i was listening to guillermo talk about him and he didn't go watch a bunch of action movies when he was putting this together he watched sports movies Huh. And that's what it is. That's what it, he makes me think of. And I guess that's what he was intending. Uh, he's the, uh, the, the sports hero who was young and got injured essentially. Mm. And now he's coming back an old rookie to the game. Okay. I can see that. And that that's, that's what I felt the whole time. I just didn't recognize what the archetype was. Right. But it's just like, uh, the personality was definitely one of like a football star, which yeah. I wouldn't typically click with. So knowing that that was intentional definitely changes like my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Before then, I was like, he seems a little uninspired. Like it seems like maybe a yeah, I, a kind of general move. I I wasn't crazy about uh, Mako's character. Oh really? I don't know. Like she was, uh, I, I, I she wasn't bad. Like her, I'm not saying her acting was bad. I just felt like she, some of her stuff, like her relationship. Like how they both have their kind of flashbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just kind of felt like, oh, of course you are. Like it just kind of, you know what I mean? Like I could, it, like you give one person that trauma and it really means something, but suddenly if almost everybody has a trauma kind of like that, it's not as hmm. your lead character loses your main lead, who you're supposed to be emotionally connected to, which is um, Riley from the beginning of the film. Like you kind of lose something with that. Uh, I will that, say that I think like it's uh, Raleigh. I think Ra- Ra- Riley is kind of yeah, how it's Riley with an A, like Raleigh. I don't think they pronounce Raleigh. it Raleigh though, do they? And like some of the like the it's just an a, there's so an Australian yeah, I, I guy think it's in there. Raleigh. Raleigh, okay. <laughs> I don't know, but um, Mako's character. I think for me, I enjoyed it because like as a fan of anime, the uh, the character of the underdog who's fighting to become you know stronger and stuff like that is pretty common. And I find that compelling. Uh, probably wasn't executed like fantastically. I will say that, like there's a lot of time spent like kind of developing her character and then it kind of disappears when they actually start fighting uh, where like her character becomes irrelevant in the fights where it's like mm. they're fighting and they're moving, but there's nothing really going on to f- continue the development as they're fighting. It's like, they just are fighting. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like you don't see the sparks of character or maybe hints of chemistry, like while they're fighting. And you would think that that would be a really good touch to like implement the d- development. They spend so much time building up. Could be, but I mean, it's fights. also slamming toys together. Here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, like I said, I love the action scenes. I'm just saying that like the characters kind of become irrelevant once they start. Yeah. To a point. I mean, like they're, I think they're relevant whenever they shut down, whenever they have their big meltdown, you know, like the two have the big, uh, like lock up. And they almost die. Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. I but, feel like you have that there. But like in the last battle where the gypsies like kind of the last hope, then it's kind of like you're so into the action then. And that if you sprinkle in these little character moments mm-hmm. on top of that, down the pace, it may, yeah, it may throw off the whole pace of the fight. And you're talking about millions of dollars just trying to animate this fucking thing. And it's like, right. you fuck this up. I swear to God. Yeah. But I, I guess if it's not clear what I'm trying to communicate here, like 
if you spend so much time building up these characters and you clearly care about like the audience giving a damn like you'd think that maybe you would execute like kind of have that emotional payoff during the action and it doesn't seem like that was really there like it seemed like there was a lot of build-up with very little payoff or this this besides them just finally getting into the robot and fighting like how do you feel about that uh, <laughs> I was you're, kind you've of been running through this my notes just now, and so I was, I did not uh, catch everything he just said. <laughs> he doesn't feel like there was a lot of pay, like there wasn't an emotional payoff for the characters in the third act. Like they spent a lot of time building up the character of Mako. What especially. would you have wanted? I wouldn't say it's anything I wanted. I'm just saying that, like, I personally feel like the characters' personalities and like their growth became irrelevant during the big action scenes. As awesome as they were, it seems like the like the only bit of really reminding us that there were people piloting this robot was just shots of them doing the actions inside the robot. There was very little, like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like I'm not saying I have no idea how they could have implemented it. I'm just saying like I noticed its absence. Right. And to me, that just tells me that like hmm. there's something they could have done to maybe implement the characters a little bit more it's not a i mean i would say it's not a character driven story but clearly it is because they spend so much time it on is these character characters story it's but it's like it's also trying to be at the same time trying to be you know a big anime mech story right um not that anime doesn't have character development because it does often yes, character development is more prominent in anime than it is other medias but mm-hmm. uh when i say that i mean like the pure action slamming robot versus monster thing hmm well, I guess, um, like, I think if as someone that watches a lot of anime, that character development shows through, like, say, when they're fighting, and, like, say, they've been spending all this time practicing this big move, and then as they're fighting the big guy, they finally execute that big move, and you're like, yes, they did the big move! So it's, like, yeah. reminding you, we've seen the training, we've seen the development, and here's the payoff. I feel like none of that was really, there was no wink-wink during these action scenes, like, hey, it's like, they've been working really hard to do this kind of thing, like, beyond them just entering the robot. That seemed like yeah. what all the buildup was building towards is her just finally being able to show off like and actually do it i feel like maybe uh maybe a a scene because the last shot we see of them is them in the raft right Mm -hmm. yeah putting their heads together maybe if there was something after that that kind of you know like a little little bit after that could have given you something maybe something more it's not like i hated that i just like I think there could have been more. Maybe. I yeah. guess I just don't know what there would have been. Neither do I, but I just noticed the fact that it's not there. I, I don't know what it would be either. Uh, I mean, I wasn't. I guess I just wasn't. I didn't notice anything. Like hmm. it felt fine to me. I, I mean, the, their characters didn't really. I guess develop a ton, but I didn't feel like they necessarily needed to i guess you want that but yeah yeah they didn't really feel faulted enough to mm, yeah i mean i guess she has her trauma th- stuff but, but you she can't really gets... fix that yeah. without no, like, counseling no. or something no i think i should have yeah. punched some big monsters i'll feel <laughs> fine it's like no no you're gonna get i worse. guess i was just surprised at the amount of time away from the action and spent on the small character moments so yeah. you would think that maybe that'd be ex- that would be fused with the action more than it was instead of just having here's the action here's the character here's the action here's the character but it's still toro who values his character so it's got he's Mm. gonna try and split it as much as he can it's also money too right okay yeah uh the quote i said earlier as cheesy as it sounds about (laughs) the movies not it's not about one singular cell or like you know most of these alien attacks or kaiju attacks is all in one location one country 
and this is a whole worldwide movie. So really, it you could say it's not about any individual character or any couple individual characters. It's just about yeah us as a people. I will say I love the race. I love the characters of the scientists because they do have emotional payoff where mm-hmm. they've been bickering this whole movie and they finally come together yeah, and work yeah, together. Yeah, a, like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's it's about great all the characters yeah. learning to work with each other. Yeah, and that I really love that and learning to have like at first I was thinking like the um did you see, what was the name of the um Newt is that the character Newt, yeah that kind of dorky genetic scientist yeah uh, I thought he was really annoying at first and I was like oh yep he's just the comic relief character but he really grows on he grew on me a ton hmm. uh, and I especially loved his scenes with Ron Perlman's character uh, <laughs> he just became really charming both of them yes. became, were really charming. Um, and I thought they added a lot to the movie. I felt like they, yeah, like I, I, I the movie would be, uh, less without them. I, I enjoyed sure. their pairing. Yeah. And they were given just enough time too. like, I didn't feel like they were there too much. And I didn't feel like they were there too little. Yeah. I could see that. And I especially loved just the fact that this new character kind of becomes the reason why all this is happening. Like he fooled around with the, um, getting into the brain of one of the kaiju and then they are after him mm, so like that yeah. scene whenever he's in the uh, the shelter and he's like they're he's they're after me and he's like they're after the little guy yeah, and everything the and they all kind of leave and then like just like the tongue thing like like messing with, with neuter i was like this is creepy but yeah. he gets out all i right. mean that's still toro though <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um well everyone what other notes you got i mean i guess Y'all keep talking about kind of complaints and stuff, so I guess the only thing that I really had to complain was some things did seem, like, typical. Like, oh, of course the robots all have their own personality. Like, of course they've got all their own look Uh and whatnot. And I was just like, I feel like if it was a real, like, worldwide thing where you have these mech suits to fight these guys, which seems like the worst way to go about this in my opinion just because they apparently don't work that well in the end (laughs) uh, punching these things and in the the last the second to last fight scene they're wrestling in the water apparently Mm -hmm. and i'm like just by the uh, okay i'll get to the the twist we get two twists and i i audibly said what a twist when me and trent were watching this uh the creature can fly the kaiju right. gets wings at the end yeah and then another what a twist they have a sword and the sword mm. just slices right through the thing <laughs> they slice through another one they cut one of them's uh like armpits mm-hmm. and i'm like so this whole time we could have just had a sword on all Clearly these effective. things just cutting yeah. through these guys no we're wrestling them in the water yeah, <laughs> and letting them that. emp us i um, will say uh sorry no, you go ahead. Oh, we'll say I actually loved the the twist with the monster growing wings because that's just I'm I was it's like what I, next? Like I, I liked it too. I was intrigued <laughs> by the character and monster design of the robots and oh, of the, yeah. the kaiju. Just like and it's so like that kind of twist and be like, oh, so this makes this a unique situation. How are they going to take this one down? Like I like thinking like stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it makes these encounters very unique and very interesting. Uh, whenever you're second guessing like what could possibly happen, how are they going to take this guy down? So. That that all adds to the entertainment value for me when something like that happens. I also like the like that twist. I liked um, I liked every robot was different. I right, like that. Yeah. I mean, because that's that prevents transformer syndrome. Mm. Um, well, I mean, transformers all are all are like that. <laughs> like they're all you got Bumblebee. And no, you no, got... I mean like the transformer oh. movie syndrome. Okay. 
So if you watch the movies, they all look the at least the first couple. They all essentially look the fucking same, and in the first one, it's hard to keep track of who's who beyond Optimus. I Prime. guess it's just because I only know Optimus Prime and Bumblebee, and then the <laughs> bad guys. So like you got in the first one, you got like you got Megatron, you got Barricade, you got Starscream, you got Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, uh, fucking Jazz is in there, and. Uh, Ironhide and there's somebody else too I forget uh, but you have uh, I can't remember the name of the fucking medic but at any rate you have like five different Autobots but like the only one that looks different is Optimus I mean Bumblebee looks a little different because he actually has color to him but the mm-hmm. others are all like black and silver mm-hmm. and the bad guys uh, are all on the you know the Decepticons in the first one are all black and silver even fucking Megatron and like Megatron and Starscream are hard to tell apart and like hmm. they fight in Chicago at the end and you lose track of who's who and who you're supposed to be rooting for mm-hmm. whereas here like it's very very clear like that was one of the heavy criti- criticisms of the Transformers live action films the cartoons they all look very distinct very right. different hmm. yeah so they were probably going for more of the realistic tone and then that just didn't work out in the action scenes because they they shirk char- shirk characters design yeah. whenever you're no, going yeah, from realism. Yeah, I, 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 was fi- I guess I was fine with it. I was just, I, it was that moment. I was like, of course, <laughs> of course they all have a personality. <laughs> well, see, I, I say of course and I love it because it's like, oh, this is what I love about stuff like anime is those unique character designs. Like, yeah, and, and, I, and it felt very cartoony too. Like did. they all have the, and all their, all their uh, drivers match. <laughs> yeah, match that it. was like, silly. got the very tough uh mm. russian duo and the japanese brothers the, yeah the like i don't know if they're japanese trio and i mean i feel like you would have a, essentially like maybe five designs mm-hmm. like per continent you'd have like your heavy hitter your speed guy your and your speed guy would be the guy who cut everything off and you'd have kind of your defense and i don't know i'll say uh, uh i did think the australian one looked the coolest with the head shape, I like the mm. helmet. Shape. How'd you like the twist on the bully character? I actually kind of liked how they handled that. Nice. Where like he's kind of set up as the stereotypical bully, but then like I thought it was he's like they, they literally just like call him out for being a bully. So like you're just that tor- horrible bully character. Like I, I guess I I liked the fact that he never really changed that much. Like he he did like essentially like he I don't think he he they have that last moment of him and his dad they don't hug at all. Mm-hmm. Just because they, you, that's realistic. Like they wouldn't <laughs> right. just change all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. Well, there's and like then, that line in there. I forget who says it, but it was like someone just says he's so predictable. Like he's just like an egotistical like guy with daddy issues. Because I would expect, like, yeah, uh, uh, the prediction of him like changing his heart at the end of the movie. But really, I mean, he he essentially stayed pretty pretty true to character. True to character. Yeah. Yeah. So I just like the nice. way they handled it. Like the character immediately comes off as being like cliche and archetypal, but like the way that he's executed, I think comes off as unique to me, at least just the fact that they immediately like, at least, well, maybe not immediately, but like in the movie, they just straight up say, yes, you are this type of character. Get over it. (laughs) (laughs) So I I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's Idris Elba. He's saying he can easily, uh, what's it called? When they do the brain thingy majig. Oh, drifting? <laughs> drifting. Yeah, he says right. he says it's easy to drift with him because he knows exactly who he is mm-hmm. the first second he saw him. <laughs> Did you guys like the opening of the movie? 
Well, I, I liked the fact that it's, especially watching it the second time, I like the fact that it sets the movie up so perfectly. Like, you know what you're in for. Like, mm-hmm. it's the, very cartoony, but also it kind of makes it a real world, like, ominous <laughs> feeling. A little yeah. bit, like, because you have the, uh, the, all the news footage, like, even right. Obama in there, and, uh, then, like, the, Japanese talk show at the end with the giant, the kaiju dancing on stage with the guys. It was, it, it was, it was, it wasn't realistic, but <laughs> no. it was like saying, if this cartoony thing happened, this is what it would look hmm. like in your world. Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't, you must have like gone into it maybe wanting something more realistic. No, because I went in thinking, I just want to see some dumb anime stuff. I, I just went into it. I think I went in the first time is like this is just gonna be fun. I think I went in thinking I wasn't gonna like it. Really? Yeah. Because huh. I was thinking I'm gonna go. I went into it like I'm gonna love this. This is everything I could ever want. Hmm. <laughs> and I I was pleased. <laughs> yeah. If I anything, it exceeded right? my expectations. That's well, it. and I like giant monster movies, so I I I was expecting to enjoy parts of this, but also I thought it might be pretty dumb. Probably that Transformers connection I had. I think so. Uh, it, unfairly. So you went in expecting to hate it, and you came out enjoying it. It was a fun ride. Fun ride. Um, I liked both Shape of Water and the Hellboy movies better than this. Mm. Yes. This is way better than Blade Two. Yes. I'll say that much. So are you like interested in seeing the sequel? Excited oh, for to sure. see the sequel? Uh, I I expect it to not be good. Yeah. Uh, once again, because it is a sequel, there have been a ton of delays and rewrites. And... It's a different director, so I expect. Basically, I feel like even though Guillermo put way too much work into this for what it is, they're not. Going that's to. probably the only reason it was good. And so I think the new director, who has never directed a film in his life, mm. are you serious? He's a TV director. Yeah, he he worked on Spartacus, and he's like one of Joss's right hand mans with Buffy and Angel. Jesus. Um, which yeah. I'm a huge Buffy fan, but I don't think that will translate yeah. <laughs> to a giant popcorn movie. Well, general direction, you know, I think really the, the staff members that really dictate whether a movie like this goes well is like the, um, uh, whoever does choreography. Like, I think those action scenes, like if they're choreographed, well, I'm going to enjoy it. Cause that ultimately was my favorite. Well, thing and this is also officially one. a franchise movie now, since they're making a sequel. Um, and it is helmed by one of <laughs> A studio who has uh, a bit of hit or misses out there. Legendary Pictures, owned by Warner Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Legendary's first stuff was the Dark Knight movies, which were great. Um, oh, yeah, because Batman Begins came before Superman Returns. That's right. Yeah. Um, since then, they've had some some movies I'm not necessarily they, a fan of. Like the all DC the Zack movies? Snyder movies. <laughs> Let's see what the yeah they pretty much only done DC movies since then Jonah Hex. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I will say that I think the thing the Hangover two and three the uh, the weird syndrome I'm having here is that it felt it felt like the first movie ended really cleanly, 
Like they, yeah, they no, solve the problem. I don't <laughs> feel really like they're. I feel like this is a pointless sequel. Like while the money, while the movie broke even, like it made twice its budget, right? Mm. Oh, like it made it was a hundred and ninety million dollars, I think, and it made, uh, it made four ten. Yeah, I think China was a big factor. In that. Yeah, it was a big factor. I so that's almost dub, or that's a little more than doubled. Yeah, it's a little bit more than doubled, but the marketing on this film, yeah, 190, the marketing on the film was almost $100 million. Jeez. That's a lot. That because a lot. they thought this thing was going to be huge. Like, they thought this was going to be, like, just as big, if not bigger, than Transformers. Because you had a le- more, uh, a very personal, more personal director with a stellar cast like they thought this was going to be it but yeah it was it was obviously not so really they they made a hundred million dollars on a i mean on a 300 million dollar film yeah uh 2013 we had the hunger games catching fire iron man 3 frozen despicable me 2 man of steel gravity monsters university hobbit the desolation of smaug Fast and Furious 6 and Oz the Great and Powerful were the top 10 in yeah. at least this state side. Hmm. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm kind of saddened that there is a sequel and Del Toro is not, like, if Del Toro was doing it, I would be incredibly excited. And I know he's producing, but I don't know how far that reach extends because there are often movies where it's like, hey, can we put you as a producer? We're going to catch you a check and just kind of glance over the story. Mm-hmm. You know, I I wonder, I wonder how that works. I know that Del Toro actually owns the property of Pacific Rim, so he's got to be involved somehow. Right. Um, yeah, I think he's listed as top producer. Yeah. So I just I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm just looking forward to more awesome fights. So if they ex- <laughs> if they execute on that, then the, I'm in. The problem with it, man, like here the robots feel like they have weight. And when they mm-hmm. hit something, like the Earth moves with them. Mm-hmm. And the new one, it looks like we're gonna have martial arts robots, mm-hmm. and robots that don't have any real weight to them. I haven't seen it, like any trailers, so I have no idea. Well, I haven't. It's <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was one that I think was non-skippable today, and I wasn't even paying attention. I was like on my phone. I think I was watching a music video, and it was playing, and I didn't even realize it was Pacific Rim till like it was almost over. It was like fifteen seconds. And so I saw a bit of the fighting, and I'm like, oh, okay. I think I just figured out what it was. And I saw Charlie Day, so that's why I knew it was in it. Mm. Yeah. I really liked uh, Idris Elba here. I felt like this is maybe maybe his best performance to date. Oh, yeah, because you haven't seen Star Trek Beyond. Hmm. <laughs> You're such a fucking elitist. <laughs> you have to see it. You. you have to see it. He's yeah. great in it. Well, I would love to see that one. And I still need to watch Dark Tower, but... Which I hear he, he gives a great performance. Only good and, part about that yeah. movie. Also, Molly's game. He had an awesome monologue in that. Yeah, uh, he was in Ghost Rider. I feel like he kind of like the sequel to Ghost Rider. But I feel like he, I was gonna say he was in Ghost Rider. He was in the sequel to Ghost Rider, but I feel like his part, his sequel to role in the sequel to Ghost Rider is about what he does in the Marvel movies. Like it's just kind of like here he is. Look at him. He may have a couple things to say, and that's it. But he did have a bigger part in Thor Ragnarok, which was nice. I don't feel like that's the best he can do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to me, out of everything I've seen from him, this is his best performance to date. I mean, besides Zootopia. 
Who's he in Zootopia? He's the chief. Is he? Yeah. Uh. Well, now I'm really sad. I'm worried that I'm going to see the sequel to Pacific Rim and not like it. <laughs> you know, we'll that's see. a high, high chance. Yeah, especially with these kind of films. But, but we'll I also I mean, think there's a chance I will really like it. But you liked uh, The Ghost in the Shell. I Live found action. things to enjoy about it. Who knows? I'm good that my expectations are continuing to be lowered, so that's probably going to mean I'm going to enjoy it more. Yeah. Maybe. That's how I, what I tell myself is that the lower expectations I, I have. I do that, but sometimes it. it doesn't help. Really? Because, I mean, that's why I enjoyed Ghost in the Shell, the live action. Expectations cause... can only go so low. <laughs> it's a movie. I don't know. It has to have some sort it's... of value to it. Yeah, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Hope it's and. Good too. Yeah. Speaking I mean, of things not being so good, I'm going to tell you something about Venom, possibly, that's possibly true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Brock isn't going to transform into Venom. He's going to have black veins that come up, and that's the symbiote. Not even kidding. Really? That's the rumor. Oh, my God. Somebody somebody found a script, and that's that's how they describe the transformation to Venom. It's like, it's like his all his veins get black, and it looks like he has webbing all over his body. But the poster has, has Venom's, Venom's face, face on it. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. my God, Sony. I wonder if that's something contractual with him, that he has to have his face in the movie. I don't know if it would. Why? Well, I mean, like, you could have your face in it for a good portion of it, but I mean, you could transform into Venom and, like, fuck, they could even do the Topher, Topher, Topher Grace thing and pull it back. Oh, God. I mean, I mean, they did it really cool in the animated series. You know, like, his head would, his, mm. it would pull back and, like, his jaw was kind of open, like, hanging open here. Like, I thought that was fucking cool because it looked like the thing was eating him. Yeah, I, I mean, I from the very beginning, I knew it wasn't going to be good. I so. But I saw this today, I was just like, fucking Christ, Everett's <laughs> just going to like backflip. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know if I'm going to see it in- immediately. I guess we probably have to do a podcast over it. Especially if it's bad, it's going to be a better podcast. It's like, why? What are you doing? Seriously, because like, you have a, like, if you're going to waste the character, why shit on the name? I don't know. Like, why put money into it and shit on the property? Is this a um, issue where, like, before I thought Fox is the one that had like the Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. Fox owns X-Men. So Sony is the one that made the Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and they still and hold the on. Next two. Though they they so they gave up Spider-Man, but they kept everything else. Sort they didn't of. give him up. They just have a deal. They so They made out. a deal to where uh, Kevin Feige and his team can write the movie. Uh, Sony got all the box office money. And then Marvel got the merchandising. Merch That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, can't, I think it did pretty well, right? It Fuck did very yeah. well. It was number three of the summer last year, at least in the States. And I'm sure it sold toys. But I mean, like the toys, oh man, like that is, that's well, George yeah, Lucas money. For the forever, Spider-Man's been the highest selling uh, superhero with merchandise. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Probably one of the most relatable ones. So. Oh yeah. Especially for kids. Because yep. he is one. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, favorite scenes, guys. Mine oh, is uh, the Hannibal Chow's museum little scene where uh, Newt goes in. Mm-hmm. He shows the guy the card and so he opens the doors open. That was the Hellboy scene. Uh, that felt like we were going into a... <laughs> when then we, we meet the guy himself. 
Yeah. My, which I wasn't expecting. I didn't know he was in the movie. And so as soon as he turned around, me and Trent started cracking up. I was like, oh, yeah, of course he's in this. Right. Well, I mean, I didn't put the two together, but I, I did oh, recognize okay. Ron Perlman. Yeah, I was yeah. laughing. Uh, my mind's a tie between, like, I love the twist where the fucking thing gets wings, but I also love where Hannibal cuts himself out. In the mid credit scene, and I was like, fuck yeah, Ron Perlman survived. Like, you can't kill him. Where's my goddamn shoe? <laughs> yeah. It's great. I just love the scene where uh, Ron Perlman's character gets munched. I loved it so much. <laughs> it just, it was so tough. We like Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, come pay us a visit. We'd like to talk to you. This has been a Second Mob podcast. For more audio content or information on this podcast, please visit secondmob.com. Bada bing, bada boom. Woo!